Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Direct Access Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And your co-host, Allie. And we have our July Clinical Corner article this week. I feel like when we do this, the months go by faster and faster. I know. Like when we start doing these clinical corners, it reminds me that we're like almost at the end of the month and then like the next month is coming. And I know that that's just how life goes, but... Would it surprise you if I said we're doing December? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't, don't anyone freak out. I mean, you have it'll come many soon months enough. to Christmas shop. Yeah. <laughs> well, people are already counting down to Halloween and then it's Christmas, so... Wow. Well, we are racing through 2022. Yes, we are. Hopefully you guys are enjoying all of our exciting episodes. And um, if you're new to the podcast, this is a little feature we do each month. Um, We kind of aim it at current evidence and, uh, you know, new trends or new topics in physical therapy, or maybe just research uh, that we find interesting. Um, To our students out there, we hope you enjoy listening to these episodes especially. And um, this is part of our normal monthly staff meetings that all of our clinics do. So it's kind of cool. We try to keep all of our staff up to date on the most current literature, new trends, new techniques out there. So, um, And they also come back with some feedback about the articles and things mm-hmm. that they might have found that they didn't like or didn't support or maybe some issues in the articles that we yeah. go over. Yeah, I think it. I think that um, you know, it's not like we're spoon feeding people information, and they you know? just take they, it as yeah. You know, they analyze truth. it critically, which yeah. is which is what we want. What we all do is you know, at our heart as scientists and practitioners, is we have to look at the evidence and weigh it. You know, was the research done well? Was it you know supported? And then what can we glean from it to use in practice? Yeah. And speaking of getting this article out there and you know having it for our patients and students and even our clinicians. Um, you know what a cool little study I heard, a cool factoid about podcasts? What's that? Is that podcasts are three times more effective than our late night shows that we're watching. You know, all these celebrities are now going on to podcasts and they're Ooh. not going on to the late, late Jimmy's or anything like that because wow. they're getting more exposure on podcasts. Well, three times and tune that's in millions. soon because we're going to have celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Well, uh, hopefully you guys have been listening. We have had some recent celebrities and upcoming celebrities. I know, you're starting to hate on me a little bit. Athletes are still celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I don't, I don't know if I could interview. I don't have great questions. You'd have to take over that episode for I sure. I got you. <laughs> That's what makes us a good team. <laughs> That's right. Well, um, today we're talking about uh, an article, and it's uh, uh, from 2020. Um, I've kind of been hanging on to this one for a little while, um, waiting for good time. We just had so many other good topics that were taking precedence. But this one is kind of a perspective article. So it's a little different than other articles we've done where there were maybe clinical trials or comparisons. Okay. This article is looking back at a lot of different um, articles, uh, kind of doing a retrospective analysis, as well as just providing a perspective and um, the title is Value-Based Care for Musculoskeletal Pain, Are Physical Therapists Ready to Deliver? So it's kind of looking, um, you know, we talk a lot about direct access, mm-hmm. and it's kind of doing a deep dive on the profession. You know, is PT ready for, you know, embracing direct access? And what is the literature saying out there? So, Are we ready? <laughs> I think we're ready. Okay. Uh, and again, this is even two years old, so we're probably even more ready than we are now. But 
um, it's pretty cool uh, when we look at some of this evidence uh, in a minute here we'll be able to kind of kind of show awesome and to our students out there um, oh yeah we have to start with a question yeah a little wordy (laughs) yeah so I think um, one way to kind of maybe turn this article into a question is uh, statistically, would early PT or late PT yield more health care cost? Just kind of globally. So which one would cost more, early yeah. PT or late yeah, PT? Yeah, which one costs more to, to the, the health care yeah, okay. system and okay. to the patient, early or late PT? That's a good, that's kinda, like a trick question. Yeah, you can kind of hang on to that, chew okay. on it for a minute. and we'll, You'll we'll get find to, out later. We'll get to the answer of that. <laughs> so the uh, the article we're, we're talking about here um, – is interesting there's a really cool kind of figure or or graph listing several articles i think there's about 15 or more listed so um, keep your eye on our social media platforms coming up here we're going to kind of do a neat little campaign because you know you guys would get so bored listening to me read all of these different uh, studies out there um, but I think if we can send them out maybe one by one, um, mm-hmm. Allie's going to play around with some options yeah. here, but we want to share these with you guys so you can start to see some of the really cool evidence out there for direct access and uh, early PT intervention um, compared to kind of, you know, later PT. So Proof we'll be, that PT works. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we talk a lot about direct access, but uh, we have kind of some support for that here. And we kind of want to share that with our audience. So we'll be sending out some snippets of those over our social media platforms. So uh, be checking those out. We'll probably share one maybe every two weeks or so, uh, just a little snippet so you can kind of see some of the more in-depth evidence from this article. But I think that uh, kind of the first place to start and I've shared before, you know, my history of uh, coming out of school over 20 years ago when direct access was just starting and there was a big debate like, is it safe? You know, um, are PTs equipped to uh, evaluate someone as an entry point? Um, Interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that the um, debate or argument of direct access has transcended, is it safe or not? And that's where the article starts out. Um, You know, it says that basically there's been many studies done and strong empirical evidence has established that patients are at no greater risk of a misdiagnosis accessing the healthcare system through physical therapy than any other provider. And that's quoted in the article. That's a direct statement from there. And there's studies to support that. Um, So I think we kind of transcend, okay, is it safe clinically? And then let's now talk about value. And what can the PT profession offer to the patient and to the musculoskeletal community in terms of value as a provider? And it's interesting in other countries how they've been a little more early to adopt or quick to realize this. Right. Um, you know, if you look at um, some of the models in Europe or Canada or Australia, mm-hmm. uh, if you have an issue, um, you go to physical therapy first uh, and musculoskeletal. And the article even points out a lot of the um, information or, uh, I guess, focus has been specifically on just neck and back issues, okay. um, you know, and accessing PT for that. Um, but there's room to expand that, obviously, mm-hmm. to extremity issues, you know, to knees, to lower extremities, to upper extremities. Obviously, we've talked on here about treating balance and dizziness yep. and other specialties, um, so the article does make mention of that, that, uh, you know, there's opportunity um, in, in offering value to transcend 
and not just think about necks and backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can offer patients not only earlier access, but access to providers that can offer intervention right away. So awesome. um, hopefully getting them getting them better. So if we go kind of into the little chart or graph that I mentioned, yeah. I do want to just address a couple of the really kind of hallmark studies there. Yeah. So um, it's kind of interesting. They compare the intervention and then they have a comparison. So an example, and most of these are all retrospective. They're retrospective observational studies. So this study was looking at um, someone who has physical therapy within 14 days of their onset of pain, okay, okay. versus someone who has PT at 14 days, uh, between 14 days and 90 days. Okay. So So I get hurt. You get hurt. And then within two weeks. Within two weeks, I seek physical therapy. Yep. Or versus someone who gets hurt waits 14 days. 14 days or more or maybe or even three months. And three months. It doesn't really say why. Okay. It might be that they um, were waiting because they Traveling. were getting testing done. Maybe they were seeing a physician first or They're whatever the reason. <laughs> but, and even in our world, 14 days is a long time. It is, yeah. You know, most of our new patients are offered an appointment within 24 to 48 hours of call. Exactly. So if you got hurt and you called, yeah. we could see you literally that quickly. So anyway, the results here are that the early PT intervention group so get, I get hurt and I went and saw PT when I found out I'm hurt. Yeah. Yep. They had a lower um, utilization for physician visits, <clears throat> advanced imaging, spinal injections, spine surgery, emergency department visits, prescription medicine use, opioid use, and overall a 60% lower total low back related cost. This was a low back study. Okay. So, um, so again, let's say you're mulching the yard this weekend. Okay. You feel a pool in your back. Mm-hmm. Chances are you get into therapy within two weeks. You're going to have a much better outcome in terms of follow-up cost and follow-up care than if you wait. So all of those things you listed in the outcome were lower in cost. They didn't have to go through all those things. Mm-hmm. But they might not have had to go through all those things, but they overall were lower Yeah, the lower cost just shows that clinically they didn't need them either, right? Right. If you're healthy and better, you're not going to go get an injection or an MRI or go see the doctor. So um, this study is talking about cost, but costs obviously indicate need too because people aren't needlessly getting these services just for fun. Nobody enjoys that. Um, What's the next one? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, A lot of times uh, people talk about, well, I want to start physical therapy um, but I need to get an MRI first because... Do they make that decision themselves? I don't know that they necessarily make that decision themselves, but I think there's a thought process out there that I need the MRI to see what's wrong. Okay. Or I need the MRI to know what's going on. There's okay. no way Pinpoint that I could... the problem. There's no way that you could do physical therapy accurately without an MRI. Is that true? It's not true, okay. actually. So there are times when we'll evaluate a patient and we might recommend... Uh, to their physician that they get an MRI okay, um, because we see something on our evaluation. Okay. I would say that that's probably the minimum amount of time versus the maximum amount of time. Okay, We've actually been a participating provider, a tier one provider for local neurology group. And one of the things that they do is they'll refer their patients to us after they pass like a phone screening to be evaluated. Okay. And we're deciding should they 
move on to advanced imaging or should they just get physical therapy? And that in turn saves them more money. Yeah. Saves the patient money, but time also. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, you know, sometimes getting the advanced imaging or getting the imaging early doesn't always improve the outcome. And this particular study, you know, they looked at physical therapy uh, within the first six weeks of onset of problem or advanced imaging within the first six weeks of onset. So let's say, again, let's just use low back because it's easy. Let's say you hurt your low back and you say, I want to get an MRI before I start. You hurt your back today. You get an MRI within the first six weeks and then you start physical therapy some point down the road or you just go right to physical therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, The difference would be is the advanced imaging group had a higher odds of all utilization. Um, So all the things we talked about before, um, whether it be the injections, physician visits, total medical cost, um, their their overall health care charges were higher. So again, it probably is an indication that they were needing these services. Now, I don't know that a deep dive in that study would show that those patients actually have clinical issues, that they were more complicated. Um, They did do like a linear regression to try to normalize things, but, you know, we'd have to do a deeper dive. But preliminarily, it looks like the advanced imaging really isn't, you know, showing us more benefit um, versus just beginning physical therapy and letting the physical therapist evaluation guide the process. Because there are times when we might need the MRI, Mm -hmm. but I think um, beginning PT is a great starting point. Yeah, I think I've heard from you guys directly that patients come in and you guys work with them a little bit. They feel better, but there's still just that one little, like it's sometimes better. It's 80% better. Mm -hmm. And then you guys request an MRI I say you guys as if I'm not here, but <laughs> you guys request an MRI and then you can really pinpoint the issue and then, you know, advance your PT from there and all your exercises and really get to the bottom of it, right? Well, we may. I mean, again, I don't know if MRI results typically change PT intervention. Okay. Um, I think, you know, uh, in that example, I don't know that the most common referral for an MRI is a patient that's gotten 80% better. I uh-huh. think... More often, it's on our first visit or two when we recognize something that is clinically um, not fitting a a picture of conservative management. And it might be outside our our scope Scope. to evaluate or outside our scope to treat um, or something that we are concerned about. And so typically that um, process is the referral for the MRI is usually a lot quicker on. So if someone gets an MRI, that doesn't mean necessarily the next step is surgery, right? Correct. Okay. Not always. Sometimes MRIs are things to rule out, you know, an issue. Sometimes MRIs are needed for other treatments like an injection or something like that. Again, okay. I'm not saying MRIs are bad. Right. I'm just saying that it's not required to have the MRI <laughs> before you start physical therapy. Right. The studies will show that. Right. You know, the studies show that it doesn't necessarily improve your outcome. It doesn't mean that we're getting to the bottom of things quicker. Oftentimes it adds more cost and more delay and getting better. Okay. So, you know, the other thing that we talk about a lot is, um, is pain medication. And obviously we've had a huge opioid crisis and epidemic in the country for, for many, many years. And so, um, you know, I think PT has a real role in lowering opioid issues. And unfortunately we never know who the person is who's going to take that first pain 
pill mm-hmm. and have an issue, yeah. you know, become addicted. Like, right. And that does unfortunately happen. Yeah. So I think that one of the significant things that's outlined in a lot of these different studies is lower opioid or lower pain medication um, prescriptions. Um, and so an example is they compared PT first. And so patients saw PT at the first point where they had a low back pain issue. Um, and then they compared patients that access PT at a later point. Um, they didn't really define what the later point was, or they had no PT, meaning they never visited PT. So there were three groups in this study. The PT first group had a lower probability of having an opioid at any point um, or having any advanced imaging services, uh, an emergency room visit. Um, and the PT first group had a lower out-of-pocket cost. And cost in the group overall shifted away from uh, outpatient pharmacy and toward provider settings. Interesting. So there was less money being spent um, in the in the process of these patient visits and these patient encounters on pharmacy cost. Okay. So it tells you right there, obviously, lower pharmacy cost means lower prescriptions, it's right? It's like they're a scheduled them. thing that you're constantly refilling. It is, and they're PT just, done. you know, they're retrospectively analyzing, so that's the only way they can tell okay. how they're, what services they're accessing. Yeah. So, um, again, I think that there's the thought process sometimes or previously was, well, you hurt your back. Let me give you some pain medication. Mm-hmm. Hold you over. Sit, let it get better, mm-hmm. wait, start therapy doesn't. in six weeks. Yeah. And I think these studies are proving that those older paradigms aren't necessarily effective right. from a patient treatment in today's world. Right. So. And then you're also trusting the patient to actually schedule the physical therapy when they've already been on the medication for couple weeks. Yeah, I think there's an initial honeymoon period with pain medicine, you know, where you feel good. But I think when you just try to resume function, you're like, well, I feel good when I take the medicine and sit Mm -hmm. around, but I still can't do X, Y, Z. Right. Um, Whereas, you know, with physical therapy, I think um, people sometimes think that, well, it's going to hurt so much Mm -hmm. or there's going to be a lot of pain associated with it. And I think that um, in our setting, we're able to tailor the approach and the visit to what's tolerable for the patient and we work within their pain. So, so our students out there listening should have a really good yeah. ability to answer that, uh, you know, PT first is going to yield lower healthcare costs downstream. That's right. And but I think our trick question, mm-hmm. it was kind of opposite. So if you waited for PT, it's going to cost you more. That's right. Yeah. And not only costs more, but it means you're accessing other services. So yeah. your outcome isn't as good. The your patient's not as cost. happy. Patient's not as pain free, and the patient's yeah. not functioning as well. So PT equals happiness. That's right. <laughs> so again, uh, be on the lookout. We'll be sharing uh, some of these articles I referenced today. Appreciate you guys tuning in for the clinical corner article. That's right, and I'll see you again in what August is next. I know. Oh, yep, back to school. So <laughs> take care, everybody. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com. And you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms. And until next time, keep it moving.